everybody. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another episode of Our Golden Twenties. Sadie Tegan checking in for episode four, yep. last episode of February. Woohoo! We made it. We've been doing this, yeah, a whole month now, which is crazy just to think how literally it was mid to end January. You text me being like, Tyrell thinks we should do a podcast. And me being like, I don't know if you're serious, but I'm in. And then it's now come to this. So here we are. I feel like four makes it official. Like if we quit after three episodes, it'd be like, haha, remember that time we did the podcast? But four makes it real. Yeah, we're committed. Mm -hmm. Committed to the grind. Awesome. Well, let's think back to that very first episode we had. We set some February goals for ourselves. And now that it's end of the month... I thought it'd be great to check in on those goals and reflect on them. This is something I do personally. Obviously, I set my goals, writing them down in my journal every month. But then at the end of every month, I like to go back and on the back side of the page where I wrote my goals, I'll write a monthly reflection as well. I find it just like, again, holds me accountable to the goals that I set, but also it's just kind of nice, especially when I ever, if I ever look back on my journal, just seeing where I was at in that time in my life and then how things actually came about. It's just kind of a fun little thing I like to do. So I'm forcing Tegan to do it too. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think would be cool is if you did like an episode where you read like old like journal entries where you're like, my goals are to do whatever. I I don't know. I think that would be cool because I feel like you've achieved a lot of your goals. So it would be humbling to see your beginnings. Yeah, for sure. And you know, what's funny is when I do read back some of my old journal entries, not so much the goal setting ones, but there'll be some where I write it right out, like spill out my whole heart being like, this is a real example where I was like, I hate my job and I just want to quit. And I don't know what my next step is. And I'm very much a planner and I always need to have a next step. But this job is so bad that I'm going to quit anyway and I'm just going to figure it out. And my parents were both like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like you still have to pay rent. You can't just quit your job without anything else lined up. And then the literally the next journal entry is like, I was just offered a job at this new place and it's this role and they're paying me like double the amount I was making at my first job. Mm -hmm. And it's just like literally seeing how writing, it's just one journal entry away, seeing how I was just ready to quit. And then the universe in that time being like, well, here's a new opportunity Mm -hmm. because I was so ready for it. And then literally writing it as my next journal entry being like, wow, the universe heard me and look what it gave me. So yeah, that's yeah, awesome. it is super interesting. But sometimes too, I read back my journals, especially goals. And I'm like, I've been setting the same goals, like a couple months out of the year, like the same goal, just different months. So obviously some, right. some things don't work out that way. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we can do that, though. Just me sitting here reading my journal entries to the whole world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but. <laughs> And I'll just react because I don't have journal entries to read. I'll just be like, "Mm mm-hmm, interesting. (laughs) We're going to change that tag. I think we need to have a podcast episode on why you should journal and how to journal. Yeah. I would love that. I agree because I have a journal and I wrote on the first page what my January goals were. And that's it. 
didn't even write my February ones there. I just said them that's to the okay. pod. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. So I need to get on that. It's a beautiful journal that my husband bought me for Christmas and I just haven't used it. That's okay. You've been busy, so it's fine. Yeah. And I think too, once you start journaling and like start writing down your goals, um, it just becomes habit. So Mm -hmm. you're new here and that's fine, man. Got to start somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't my goal to write in my journals. I had to prioritize (laughs) my goals. (laughs) Oh, man. So we know your March goal will be, my goal is to write my goals in my journal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, Tag. Well, since you're not journaling, I will ask you probing questions about your February goals. (laughs) Great. I would love that. Okay. Amazing. So your February goals, one of them was to eat out less and move your body more. How, How did you make out with that? Reflect. Tell us. I don't know. I I do think I moved my body more than January. January, I hurt my back. So it really, I was like working out five days a week, like going crazy and then had to go down to nothing. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely improved from that, but I don't think I'm at like a level where I'm happy. I like, I would want to move my body every day, Yeah, but I'm not there yet, but I am kind of improving. And I do think I was doing good at, uh, not eating out as much, but then I just had a work trip, which you can yeah, only that makes eat it out. Hard. So yeah, <laughs> if that doesn't count, then because like even the restaurants, like in my hotel were shut and everything like, and it was a small town, so they didn't have Uber Eats. So your options were Boston pizza or Domino's. Ooh. Which are good, healthy choices. Yeah. I went Domino's I mean, 90% of the time. Yeah, Domino's is good. So that's mm-hmm. at least a solid option. <laughs> but not I did the best order a trying. salad from Boston Pizza, which I was like, this is taking effort. If your choices are Boston Pizza and Domino's and you're still ordering a salad. Yeah. So hey, that's good. I was, I think, improving, but obviously life uh, gets in the way sometimes. But It does. And especially like work trips and stuff like it's impossible to stick to the fitness and yeah, like eating yeah. side of your goals. Like that's just impossible, but. Well, yeah. And it's like COVID too, because you don't want to be like, like I didn't want to be like working out by wandering the town or like, and you know, the gym wasn't open. So. Yeah. So true. Know. Yeah. And also I feel like work trips, this episode actually is going to be about work once we're through our reflection here. So I guess it is interesting that we're talking about work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyways, what I was going to say is I think work trips are often glamorized and they definitely were for me as well. I've only really gone on one work trip and it was definitely very glamorized. And then once I got there, I was like, I'm just working the entire time that I'm yeah. here. Like I'm in the office, but then I go to my hotel room and I have to catch up on all my emails and stuff that I missed through the day while I was, mm-hmm. you know, doing other stuff that I'm on this work trip for. So yeah, definitely hard to stay committed. Yeah, for sure. But I yeah. tried. Yeah. That's and I'm proud something. of that salad. Honestly, that does take strength. <laughs> I would be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a medium pizza from Domino's and eating the whole entire thing yeah. with cheesy bread. For every meal. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, what about... Oh, and we talked a bit about exercise. That was also one of my goals. And Mm. similar to you where I feel like I 
well, actually no, January, I did maybe a little bit more exercise just because it was daily because I was doing a yoga challenge, but I feel like January is easier to exercise daily too, because it's so like top of mind for everyone. Like February is where these goals are harder. I think. Yeah. The magic kind of dwindles off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think though for February, I did a lot more other stuff besides yoga. So I wasn't doing a daily yoga practice like I was in January, but the ones I was doing, I was doing like the yoga for weight loss um, videos Mm -hmm. on yoga with Adrian. And it was like, I was sweating the entire time where I feel I was making them count more. And then I also have committed to going for at least one lunchtime walk uh, through the week. So that's not an unrealistic goal for me at all, which is why I did it. And then last week I actually went for two walks. So I was like, wow, crushing it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was trying to get more back into the hit hop videos and, you know, like actual workouts rather than just yoga and walks. So I didn't do Mm -hmm. too many of those, but I still think it's worth acknowledging my effort and yeah. drastic change from like January and even November, December of last year. Like I didn't do any of those videos. So mm-hmm. proud with the progress I made. Yeah, that's good. You also had to read a book and set a skincare routine as your goals. Yeah. I, my goal um, for like the whole year was to read 10 books because last year I read five um, which the year before I'm pretty sure I read zero. So yeah. I was trying to improve and I think I've read five books already. Already? Wow. Yeah, I think so. Just for some, well, I, uh, figured out the Toronto library app on my iPad. And so I get every single bestseller because like buying books from chapters or wherever, is so expensive and then you run the risk of not even liking the book and then you've got to like wait for it to come in it's a whole thing so I've been reading um like electronic versions of books so Mm -hmm. it's been good I read the first two Bridgerton books I read a book um called uh where the crawdad sings I think and it was like actually like a somewhat challenging read for me like I read a lot of like shorter like romance even like teen romance just so it's like quick and I like get into it quickly Mm -hmm. so I was like proud of myself as I was like okay this is like an actual book that I'm reading (laughs) I feel I heard about that one but maybe it was just you reading it I saw something about it or something yeah it's been like a bestseller for a while I go through like the bestseller list and request all the books from the library yeah yeah that's awesome Good for you. Halfway to your yearly goal already. I know. I'm uh, way ahead of schedule. So yeah. Awesome. And I love the idea of using the library too. So funny enough, I have a Toronto library card, but I've never used it. And both my sisters in Quebec use it all the time. And they're checking out like you're saying, like ebooks and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, you don't understand how great the Toronto library is. And I'm like, no, I, I really don't because me having a library card is just comical probably to my entire family because I'm not a reader at all. But I've had the realization lately how I order all these books that I want to read from Indigo or whatever, and then they just sit on my shelf. And it was kind of a waste of money. And also, like, I don't need that book. You know, I don't need all the packaging that it took to ship the book. Like, all of it was Mm -hmm. just for me to read it in a couple days. So I was like, 
the book is so economical and also like way more environmentally friendly and it's still open during COVID for you to go pick up physical books and there's eBooks like just makes so much more sense. I don't know why I didn't get onto this sooner. (laughs) Yeah. I've been loving it. Even like they've got audio books, they've got, uh, like the app canopy. So, uh, that's movies and TV shows that you can watch. It's great. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be probably one of my March goals is revisiting some books I want to read and also using my Toronto library card, not just giving it to my sisters to use. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. On the opposite of like reading one of my, I find reading is often one of my monthly goals because I spend so much time on screens and so much time consuming content that I always write reading as a monthly goal to like counteract that and balance it out. But this month I didn't set a reading goal. I actually set the goal to explore TikTok. So I was diving deep (laughs) into the content world in February. And I got to say, I'm not a content creator. (laughs) I love social media, but, and I work in social media, but it's definitely more the media strategy side that I really like. Um, And the kind of nerdy stuff versus the like creative visuals of it. So TikTok's been a challenge for me just because you literally have to be like a creator on there and come up with like original content. And that's been a challenge for me. So I, I'm happy for like downloading it. And, you know, I think Tegan like sent me a whole bunch of TikTokers, TikTokers, is that the right word? Creators, I guess. Yeah. Um, who, I would like, and I love all their videos and I love like scrolling through it, but I'm just really struggling. So I am proud of myself. I did do like a few TikToks. Some of them were huge fails that I deleted immediately. (laughs) Others I'm like, this is fine, but it only has like 50 views compared to people who have like millions of views. So I got to keep trying, but I, I don't know. I played around with it at least. Yeah, I feel like the thing with TikTok, this is not based in any fact. This is just my own theory. I feel like the more you post, the more the app like rewards you. Yeah. Because like a lot of the big creators do like three posts a day and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think it is very much a quantity over quality, even though a lot of TikTok videos I was watching was like how to go viral on TikTok. And not saying that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to know what I should be conscious of, like when trying to Mm -hmm. make TikTok. And a lot of them were like, you need to post twice a day, but prioritize quantity or quality over quantity. And I'm like, if you're posting two times a day, you can't prioritize quality over quantity. And I want to post like once a month. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like my creative output. Yeah. But I feel being on the app, I've learned how I can use it and Mm -hmm. what kind of content I would want to continue to put out there. So I feel that's a step in the right direction. And now I just got to build off what I kind of, I guess February was more my research month than my <laughs> content month. <laughs> and now I just got to keep building off of it. But right. Yeah. Okay. And then last goal, you said you wanted to set a skincare routine. How did that go? 
Um, pretty good. I've been, I feel like, uh, during my work trip, it was easier because there's like nothing to do. And I was by myself because of COVID. So I was like doing my skincare. So Mm -hmm. I've definitely been way more consistent with it. I'm still not as good at doing it every single day, but I'm improving. Yeah. And I feel too, like you were staying in a hotel for your work trip, right? So mm-hmm. there's just something about hotels and doing like your skincare and pampering yourself in a hotel that hits different. Like you just feel yeah. like one boss ass bitch doing like your skincare, <laughs> wearing maybe the hotel robe or putting your hair in a towel and just being like a moment. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cause when I'm at home, like at this hotel, there was free wi-fi but it didn't really work there was cable but it was uh not great Uh, we also had a terrible snowstorm like they put out signs in the lobby being like we're having a snow squall blah 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 so there was like nothing to do so that's why i was just reading doing my skincare like because it's not like here where i can watch tv and then clean my house and then I'm just like oh I want to go to bed you know yeah for sure oh I was gonna ask you are you going for a morning and night routine or just one or the other I want to do both but I'm better at doing night I'm just not a morning person at all yeah so I'm like (laughs) consider it a good routine to like get out of bed get dressed brush my teeth and put on deodorant and I'm like yes I'm killing it right now So I do do like morning stuff sometimes, especially on weekends, if I don't have to like wake up and just start working. But Mm -hmm. so that's the long term goal. But I've been primarily doing night stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. For my morning routine, usually. So I've been really struggling with acne the past kind of two years, actually, ever since actually Tegan and I went to New York. I think that was two years ago. Yeah. yeah, just over two years ago. And for some reason, after that trip, I broke out like I've never broke out in my entire life before. And then this past year, I broke out again, same kind of time of year, like fall was so bad. And anyways, in the past two years, I've really like established a skincare routine, but I was very committed to it because I was like, there's nothing more weighing on your self-confidence and mental battles and like body image than when you have bad acne like it is insane Mm. so I was very dedicated to the skincare routine and because of that I have still kept it up I've like swapped some products and stuff but now in the mornings I hear yeah like my skincare routine in the morning usually it's more around like 11 o'clock that I actually do it like I get up have my coffee and then start working and then by the time I'm like oh I should probably brush my teeth and do my skincare it's like the day's half over (laughs) but yeah yeah that's been my problem with sunscreen is because Mm -hmm. I never leave the house and half the time it's like 2 p.m and I'm like oh I didn't put on sunscreen today I'm like well yeah is there a point now there probably is but SPF is the one thing that hasn't found its way into my skincare routine yet and it needs to Mm -hmm. but yeah we can definitely have more talks about that because I definitely love skincare now and my battle with acne is something I can definitely talk about forever. So (laughs) we can revisit this. Um, Okay, my, this is the last piece on the goals here. I think, Tegan, we touched on all of yours and it sounds like overall you had a pretty 
busy month with your work trip primarily, but you still managed to crush your goals. And I think that's great, you know? Yeah, I'll say I'm like still working towards my goals. Yeah. I didn't, you know, give up on any of them. There's, I'm still, you know, ticking away at it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's awesome. Um, my last goal for February was to go speed dating. And a lot of people text me after listening to that episode being like, oh my God, tell me all about your speed dating. So <laughs> I will quickly do that right now, even though we do want to get into the work stuff, but quickly on my speed dating. So I had a very unfortunate incident at work right before speed dating happened (laughs) and my mood was killed. Okay. So we had like a work happy hour and I won't get too much into it, but something was said that I took very personally and got very offended and my whole mood was killed and I couldn't like shake it off. So this is something about me guys is I have a, I hold grudges and I have a very hard time getting over things. <laughs> so I was then pissed because I was like, I was so excited to go speed dating. And now like my mood is just absolute shit. Like I'm not even going to be giving these guys a fair chance because, you know, I'm just not showing up as the best version of myself, which we have established is my most important thing to focus on is being the best version of myself so I can show up and be the right. best version of myself for other people. Never mind people I haven't even met yet. So (laughs) I was like, okay, I had an hour between the work happy hour thing and speed dating. And I was like, okay, so I ate a whole frozen flatbread, which is not great. And sorry if this is a trigger warning for people, but (laughs) I definitely ate my feelings (laughs) and I like downed a drink and then I closed my curtains and I just let loose by like dancing my heart out. Like I put on like a club playlist and and I acted like I was 19 years old and just like, it was a full on like rave in here pretty much. And I was so sweaty that I had to like chill out. I'd probably dance for just like 15, 20 minutes. And then I was like, okay, you need to like calm down and chill out (laughs) because you're going to be a sweaty mess as soon as you meet the first person on speed dating. (laughs) So I felt much better. But anyways, then I joined speed dating And the website was so sketchy. (laughs) Like it was, the function of it was really great. So basically you join in the main room, they called it, and you could see everybody who was participating. And then there was a host that just kind of welcomed you, I guess, and then told you, you have seven minutes with every person, and then you will automatically be placed in a room with the next person. And you have a mini break between people, but there will be a Mm -hmm. countdown telling you, you know, how much time you have with people, how much time you have on your break. So I was like, okay, great. So then we go into our individual room. So again, the functionality was great where you were just automatically placed with the next person, then a countdown, then the next person. But the people I'm, and I had a blast guys. I need to just say that too, was I thought I wasn't going to have fun because of this bad mood I was in, but I had so much fun. (laughs) And I don't know if it was just from my dance party, like hyping me up or like the two, three drinks I had had up until that point, but it was just so fun. Also just, I got like all dressed up. I had like lipstick on my big hoops on, and I just felt really good and I felt really pretty and I had a lot of fun but unfortunately none of the guys there were really my type (laughs) and we kind of had good conversations but they were a lot older than me like one of them was talking about his kids and I was like listen buddy (laughs) I'm not at that place 
in my life yet to be a stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And oh, man. it was nice, but at the same time, it was more fun than like feeling a like connection with people it's more just having right. a blast it was more like a fun so, experience than like exactly actually yeah. finding the love of your life yeah so that's the update on that I unfortunately did not match with anybody but I would definitely try it again the whole thing was 30 bucks and I do not regret a single dollar of that like it was a lot of fun and I would 100% do it again I would do it though probably try a different like company, maybe one with a less sketchy website, <laughs> but also just see, you know, if different people try different like companies and also, um, maybe if I'm like a little bit older and still single, you know, maybe I'll find more people my age and that the same part of their like stage of their life that I'm at. I don't know. We'll see, but definitely a fun experience and I would recommend mm. it, but more so to have a good time than to find your soulmate. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But that's kind of what we were saying. um, Was it two episodes ago? Um, Kind of about dating in general. Like use these dates to just learn about yourself. Have a good time. Yeah, for sure. The end of um, the date was or the end of the night I was talking to this one guy. Sorry, I said that poor. I said that very poorly. The last (laughs) guy I was talking to, he was so fun, but he was he like wasn't trying to be fun. I was just being extremely obnoxious like I am. <laughs> and when I don't even remember exactly what happened, but when I joined the call, he was like blasting music and a few guys sure. were doing that. And I was like, I can hardly hear you. And I understand you might have AirPods on so you can hear me clearly, but right. I don't understand why you're blasting music. So anyways, um, he was blasting music and then he like acted too, like he didn't really notice that I had joined the room because I was like, hi, I don't even remember his name. He was like, oh, hi. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Anyways, yeah. he goes on to just like talk a little bit and, oh, then he says to me, so I told you I got all done up and mm-hmm. I have my hoops on and he's like, hey, those are some like JLo earrings you're wearing right now. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? I call these my JLo hoops every time I put them on. (laughs) So then I'm just like, you know, now we're talking about JLo and this is also the weekend of the Super Bowl. So he's going on to talk about JLo at the Super Bowl. Then I start talking about the weekend at the Super Bowl. So then he starts blasting the weekend because let me remind you, he's blasting music the whole time. So then he's blasting the weekend. So I'm just like dance partying from the music he's playing in his (laughs) in his apartment through his AirPods or whatever he's talking to me through. And then we just had a dance party and I was like, this was super fun. And then again, though, is that my soulmate? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Did he want me to dance party? Probably not, but I did and I had fun. (laughs) And then that was the last person. And I was just in the best mood after, after that. So that was my speed dating experience. (laughs) Wow. That does sound fun. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, okay, that wraps up our February goals <laughs> and our February <laughs> reflections. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I guess we will transition to what this week is actually about, which is work. And, Tegan, you've already talked a lot about work in the first part of this call. And I think we both have very, like, different work experiences, but kind of what we wanted to talk about 
today is knowing your worth and even going as far as talking about getting promoted at work and just things that you should maybe be conscious of if you're also thinking about, you know, it's the perfect time of year at a lot of companies are at your end and doing yearly reviews and stuff. So maybe you as a listener are also thinking about promotions and just have work on the mind. Mm-hmm. All that being said, um, Teg, where should we start? I don't even know. Maybe we oh, should start. Yeah. yeah. I'll just warn everybody that work is something I get extremely passionate about talking about. <laughs> So I might just ramble on and get extremely passionate and maybe start yelling at you sometimes, but it's just because that's who I am. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I feel like for both of us, work is pretty important. Like I know a lot of people who are like, you know, they're working for a paycheck and whatever, but for both of us, work's prioritized pretty high in life. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about it and talking about it and for sure. Doing actual work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. It's kind of like one of those things where people ask you to tell, like, so tell me about yourself. And even this happened in speed dating. It's like the number one thing people go on to say, the very first thing they do to talk about themselves is say what they do for a living, you know, right. and that's very much who we are too. I think is like you're saying, work is very important to us and we are doing work that we like and we're passionate about. So it is a big part of our lives. Mm-hmm. That, that sums us up right there. <laughs> yeah. We love to work. <laughs> yeah. On the topic of being passionate about your work, I think it's also very common um, for people to really value growing at work and continuously learning and continuously being recognized and feel like, you know, they're not, I don't want to say climbing a corporate ladder, but they're actually moving forward, you know, not just staying in the same spot all the time. I think too, like, that's the number one thing we want to talk about is knowing your worth and even how to ask for a promotion at work. Once you do feel like you're ready for that. Mm -hmm. I do feel like maybe this is just me. Um, but I feel like a big problem that a lot of women have is kind of fighting imposter syndrome. So people don't want to vouch for themselves and don't want to ask for raises or whatever, because they feel like they've cheated to get there or they've like tricked someone to get the job. Like this is something I feel all the time. I, this is, I just need to be nicer to myself, but Um, I do know it's like a huge problem specifically for women. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that like needs to be kind of touched on where um, I always see the quote that's like, there's a mediocre white man doing your job badly and feeling good about it. So you are like putting in the time and you're putting in the effort and doing a good job. So why don't you feel like you are doing it? 100%. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally understand you. And I think too, I, I experience imposter syndrome a little bit. Um, but mine is more so in the way of, I don't always feel qualified for what I do. And I'm always like, Mm -hmm. how did I even get here again? Like I went to fashion business school. Like now I work in social media. I didn't even learn about social media in school. And before the job I currently have, like I didn't even work in a social media dedicated role yet here I am this being my full-time job and who am I do I actually know what I'm doing and 
it's funny because just, I think it was last week, actually, I was going into a meeting and I was very nervous about it for some reason. Like, first of all, I didn't really prepare anything because I was more so going to just like listen in. And yet we were talking about something that I feel like I could have contributed to. But anyways, going into this meeting, I was a little nervous thinking again that I don't really know what I'll say in this meeting because I don't really know too, too much about this. But as soon as the meeting started, I was like, wait a minute. No, what these people are saying is wrong. And I'm going to chip in with, you know, my opinion or kind of like let my passion on this topic shine because I do have an opinion on this and I am actually a lot more knowledgeable about this than I had given myself credit for. So it's very much like you're saying, Tag, where we just sometimes doubt ourselves. And I think for me, I do it, but then I'm able to like snap myself out of it and be like, no, what they're saying is wrong. And oftentimes I'm like, no, these people are just stupid. Like, girl, tell them, (laughs) you know, like insert your opinion or like tell them what you think and just at least have a discussion about it, you know? So it is very much a, I guess, kind of a mental battle that you have to fight sometimes. And then also like finding up or sorry, working up the courage to actually say something is a skill in itself as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, when I first join any job, I've had a like big reflection on this is obviously I think people can tell that I am very like opinionated, especially like I said about work stuff and I'm very passionate about it. And I think everybody knows that I, if I have an opinion, I'm very like, I speak on that opinion (laughs) for better (laughs) or for worse. But at every job, I'm always known as the quiet girl at first who nobody sees that side of me and they just say stuff and I'm like listening to it, but I'm like, maybe they are right. Like maybe I'm just new here and I don't know how it works. And I kind of doubt myself. But now that I've been in this job for going on two years now, I'm comfortable and in a position where I can say things. And when people are saying things that are wrong, again, I can just open it up and be like, maybe we should discuss this more because I don't agree with you or I don't think that's right. Or in my experience, you know, I have noticed something different, but it took me pretty much not quite two years, but a full year of being there before I got to that position. So I don't know, that could be something too, to think about. The one thing though, so one of my friends at work and I are both on a journey to get promoted this year. And (laughs) we both, we started around the same time and we both work incredibly hard. And something I've said to her is through my experiences. So I've worked at three corporate client, like corporate client side, I guess, um, three different businesses. And in this experience that I've had, which is very little, (laughs) um, (laughs) I've come to realize that people get promoted or get far in their career for two reasons. One being they work hard and they're actually good at their job. The second being, like Tegan said, it's typically those mediocre white men, but those guys know what to say at the right time and in front of the right people. And that's what gets them promoted and gets them far is basically they have the charisma to make people think they're the hero and extremely deserving of a new title or more money than the work actually shows that they are, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And for me and my work friend in this situation, and even just when I think about past jobs too, 
most of the time, the people with imposter syndrome, like you're saying, Tag, and the people who really want to be promoted and feel like they deserve to be promoted are generally the first person who works extremely hard, but yet doesn't say anything about it and doesn't say the right thing to the right person at the right time. They're just working really hard with their head down, hoping somebody acknowledges it and promotes them. <laughs> and that is yeah, like 90, well, 75% me. Um, at first it was like 100% me, but now I've realized Mm -hmm. that I'm like, okay, you know, now that I'm conscious of it, I need to speak up for myself and fight for myself a little bit more rather than just putting in the work all the time. Right. Absolutely. I do think like part of work that's overlooked is like just being friends with people, um, like taking the time to do nice little things, doing slightly more work so that you're making less work for someone else. Yeah. Like I've worked at places where I was close to the CEO just because I would like take the time to talk to her and that's literally it. Whereas there were other people in my department who wouldn't and then she just clearly did not like them. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's not like I did anything insane. I would just like chat with her when I was having my coffee or, you know, do a little thing for here, here or there, you know. And I think too, that's more just, you were doing those things to make a good impression of yourself, not to kiss ass too, you know? Exactly. Well, it's not like I was, you know, doing anything crazy or outside of my job description, but like the very first job I had, um, I was taught everything you do, you look at it and see, okay, is this done at a hundred percent? If it's done at a hundred percent, how do I get it to 110? So Mm -hmm. it's like, if there's any little thing you could do just to make something better for the next person who's going to be, you know, dealing with it. And so I literally try to apply that to everything I do. And I feel like that extra 10% of can I make this easier for anyone else? That makes a difference. Like it's stuff that seems so simple. Like I send a lot of Vimeo links, say to clients. And, you know, I send the link and they have notes. I upload the new video. It's on the exact same link. I don't send an email being like, okay, the link's updated. I say, hey, I've done your video revisions. Here's the link. Right. And it's like the difference of that way they don't have to scroll through emails and try to find this link and then maybe look at the wrong one, you know, and it literally takes me two seconds longer. Mm -hmm. But it's like those little details like that, that I feel like really make a good impression for you. And it shows that you're a professional and you're like taking it seriously. You're not just trying to do things as like the shortcuts as quickly as possible. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a good tip. And that's one of the things I was thinking about as well, especially in the terms of like getting promoted specifically is make sure you're performing especially if you're wanting to get promoted. Don't just think because you're doing a really good job at the job you're supposed to be doing, it earns you a promotion. Like you need to be going above and beyond and exceeding expectations to get that promoted or sorry, to get that promotion. And sometimes like you're saying, Tag, all those little things add up big time, you know, and just also help 
like we're saying, like how people think of you, especially in your case where you're dealing with clients and, you know, all of that adds up to something for sure. Yeah. And it just, it makes people think of you in a more positive way. And then mm-hmm. if that ha- is happening multiple times a week, then they just start to think of you as a more positive person. It's the same kind of thing as like when you walk into your office, whenever that's allowed, <laughs> when you walk into your office in the morning, say like, good morning, how's it going? You know, don't just be like, hi, and walk to your desk. Yeah. Putting in like that little bit of effort, it just, you know, makes people think of you more as like a friend and then people want to help out their friends. People want to collaborate with you more. And, you know, if you're friends with the CEO, maybe they want to give you a promotion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And to the one thing I hate so much is when people say that's not my job. Mm. I just cannot, because I think like you're saying, yes, think of us as friends, but we're also all on the same team. And I have a very strong belief that there's enough room for everybody to succeed. You should never have competition at work, you know? Mm -hmm. And obviously there comes time maybe where there's one job like opening and you and your friend or you and your colleague are both applying for it. But in the grand scheme of things, you're not like competitors. You're all on the same team working for the same company and you both want the company to succeed and you both want to succeed as well. Yeah. So I think just showing up as a teammate too is Mm -hmm. so often overlooked. (laughs) Yeah. Like kind of on the same vein as what you were um, saying, I've always thought as the place wherever I'm working, that we're all working towards like a common goal. And so you're not competing with those around you because you're trying to, you know, like you could be competing with other companies who do the same thing, but everyone's on the same team. But I feel like not a lot of people actually like think of it that way. way, I mean, yeah. yeah, it could be just working like how I work, like in video where like, you're going to get a project to edit or someone else is. But I do find that people can be like, at one job I worked, everyone was like a great team. We're like, yeah, we'll do this together. Whoever gets it so lucky where the other was like, it was competitive who got what project Mm -hmm. and people were like fighting over it. And I was like, why would you even care? Like, (laughs) yeah, you're showing up, you're getting paid, you're working. Like if it's a cool project, then cool. That's something our work worked on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That sounds brutal. And it might be like you said, just the type of work you do. But at the same time, I don't think that should be the case at all. Because like you're saying, you are all a big team. Like, yeah, and I just all... don't understand why the stakes would be that high. You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, why is this what you're worried about? Yeah, this is I have a whole story about asking for a raise at this place. Um, so basically, it was like February, like we were saying, year end. And We were having like our year end review and I uh, had my review and they were like, we're happy with the work you're doing. You're doing a great job. We want to give you more projects, more responsibility. And so they offered me a raise and it was actually more than I was expecting. So I was like, "Okay, great. Love it. But at the time, I still had the title of assistant editor and I kind of raised it to them for um, just personal reasons. I was editing stuff. So I th- I thought my title should be editor. And uh, additionally, it doesn't look good for clients 
if they go to our website and see, oh, I know that Tegan's editing my videos, and then it's like, oh yeah, she's the assistant editor, that just, you know, doesn't look good, because then they yeah. can be wondering why are they not yeah. having the actual editor, you know, and they were like, oh yeah, you're totally correct. Um, so they offered me the title of junior editor, which made sense for what I was doing. I was like, yep, sounds good, great. And still and like then, a step in the right direction, right? Like yeah, absolutely. Step up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a logical, um, like that is the step that you make at every place I've worked. You okay. go from intern to assistant to junior to editor to senior. Gotcha. So I was like, absolutely. That sounds good. And then I told my friends who like I legitimately thought as his friends, not just co-workers, and they were upset because they both had the title of editor. And it's like, I didn't... Of editor. Yeah. So not even junior editor, editor. Yeah. One of them was like, well, maybe I should ask to be a senior editor. And I was like, yeah, you should. Oh That's my what gosh. You think. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, why is my success? Like, this isn't diminishing you. Exactly. And if you think it is, you should be advocating for yourself because they did not yeah. offer this to me. This is something I asked for. And they agreed once I had brought it up that I deserved it. Oh my gosh, that is so messed up. That's the life you deal with in yeah. <laughs> advertising. <laughs> that's so crazy. And I love what you said about, okay, great. If that's what you think you deserve and that's what you want, then ask them for it. Like that's a you problem because I think that's the number one thing people forget about and something I consistently say to myself at work is nobody wants to see you succeed as much as you want yourself to succeed. Mm -hmm. So if you want something, don't just expect it to happen. Like you have to work to make it come to life and putting in the work is number one, you know, like you have to check yourself yeah. and be like, okay, no, I'm not doing the work of an assistant editor. Like I'm doing the work of an actual editor. So you recognizing that and then putting it in front of people being like, Hey, look, you know, like this is all the work I'm doing again. I'm doing my job, but I'm going above and beyond. And I think I deserve more money. And I think it's more accurate for this title to reflect the work I'm actually doing. Like that is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's you advocating for yourself and yeah, like them agreeing then to give you what you deserve. Because if you yeah. have a case, you know, of like you're saying you had, this is the work I've been doing and, you know, this is why you should promote me in the client's eyes and your, like the company's eyes. Yeah. It makes sense for everybody. They can't argue with that, you know? Exactly. And I, I do feel like the problem uh, in that situation with my coworker is that he was feeling frustrated and his frustrations were like turned towards me when they should have been turned towards the company. Exactly. Like it's the same if someone's making more money than you, like, it's not that first person's fault. They didn't decide no. I'm going to make this much money, you know, like yeah. that should direct you back towards the company. So that's why I've always tried to be honest. Like everywhere I've worked, I've been honest about my salary um, with other people who've worked there because I'm like, I don't want it to be a situation where people are like secretly getting screwed over. And mm -hmm. I feel like workers should kind of be in it together. And if yeah. there's some shortcoming, like you're not getting what you deserve, it's not because your coworkers are stealing it from you because like yeah. you were saying, there's room for everyone. Yeah. Wow. That is so crazy. Especially too, since they were already an editor, 
you know, yeah. it's like we're literally not competing, but this is like the spin they're putting on this. So silly. Yeah. And they were my friend. That's the yeah. thing. I was like, I thought that as my friend, you would be excited. But yeah. And no. two, like in that situation, they could have been happy and excited for you. And then, like we're saying, taking that time to reflect on their own, you know, role and salary, whatever, reflect if they also want to ask for a raise. And then separately, apart from the conversation of you getting what you asked for, gone to the boss, took it up as a company thing, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and more turn it into that versus you personally (laughs) standing in their way of success. Like what? Exactly. It's so strange. Oh man, that is so, so dumb. I'm sorry you had to put up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Now I've got a great story for my podcast. Yeah, I guess so. Oh man, but Tech, I think that's really great though that you did ask for, you know, a promotion in a sense. Like I know you said they were mm-hmm. offering you money, but you asked for a title change. That's something I actually yeah. haven't had to do before. And I'm hoping again to get promoted this year. But if I don't, that is something that I'm definitely going to consider because I do feel mm-hmm. like I'm working, you know, for I'm already performing at that next level. And I would love for my salary and my title to reflect that. So. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's amazing that you did that. Um, Do you have any like tips for people who are thinking of doing the same? Yeah, I do think that like titles are underappreciated just because I feel like that is definitely something, especially if you've asked for a raise and they've said like, we cannot do it or we can only do it to this much and it's not exactly where you want it. I do think that putting a title on the table is kind of a good compromise for people because it reflects really well on you. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just like looking at your LinkedIn, say you're, you know, trying to get a new job, looking at your LinkedIn and seeing that you've had progression at a company. Yeah. I feel like that's really impactful. It could be more impactful, say you working four years in the same position. If you work two years at one position and then it shows that you had a title change after two years, I feel like that reflects well on you outside of money. The other thing I'll say is that I do think being well researched when it comes to asking for a raise is so important. And if you can back up, like I want to be making this much money, I've found this information. Like I know on LinkedIn and on Indeed, you can find the average amount of money, what your position makes. And you should bring that information forward. Say, I'm, you know, making 35K. I want to be making 45K. And I can show you that that is the average amount of money that a person in this position makes. And if you're backing it up with facts, because the other thing is when you're backing it up that way, you are like showing your employer that if you're not paying me this, this is proof someone else will. Yeah, totally. And that's up to them. And yeah, I love that so much. No, that is such good advice. And like you're saying, those numbers are very easy to find online. Mm-hmm. So we need to be, you know, paying attention to that. And if you're being underpaid, bring them forward. And like you're saying, it shows that you're aware and you know that if your company's not going to pay it, somebody else will. But it also just shows that you're taking it seriously. Like it's not you just saying, hey, this is how much I think I deserve because that is so subjective. And your boss might Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, well, this is what I think you deserve, you know? And there can be a different opinion. But when you bring in facts and like industry standards, 
It's like exactly. nobody can't argue with that, you know, like facts are facts, people. <laughs> yeah. Even when I was going um, from freelance to doing interviews for a full time job that literally you can do the conversion. How many hours am I going to work a week? What is my hourly rate? I need to get paid this much to make it worth it for me. And that's like black and white. They cannot like argue with you on that because that's what it is. They could offer you more stuff. Like we want to pay you less and give you benefits. And that's like, I think it should be considered like a calculation. It's the same with when you give, uh, as a freelancer, if you give a quote for something and someone's trying to get you to go cheaper, like there's only a point you can do it where it's not even worth the time. Yeah, exactly. Like your calculator's not going to lie to you. As far as numbers go, it's somewhat easy to figure out. And then you just kind of have to stick to the numbers that you've calculated because it's black and white. Yeah, for sure. The other thing I think I'm prepared to do if I have to is list out all the things that I've done to Mm -hmm. deserve a promotion or a raise. And I think this is good reflection for you personally. So for me being like, am I performing at the next level or am I just doing, like I said, doing my job really well? Um, Because I do believe that it's kind of like you need to perform at the next level in order to actually be promoted to it, you know, like prove that you're actually capable of doing it. So you have to put in that work ahead of time before you even get the recognition. But I think it's just then if you're proposing a title change to your employer is having, again, more the facts to back you up. So bringing, like we're saying, industry standard, but also you know, like this is my job title, but, or sorry, my job description or my usual responsibilities, but these are all the things that I've done above and beyond just that basic Mm -hmm. list, you know, and something I've been very open with my boss about is asking him, what do I need to do to get promoted? And what can I change? What can I do better? Because it shouldn't ever be a surprise when, If I don't get promoted and then I do have to show, you know, a list of things that I've done that I consider above and beyond, my boss shouldn't be surprised that I've done any of those things or be surprised that I'm asking for that because this whole time I've been very open and honest with him that I value, you know, continuously learning and I want to be recognized through a promotion and I've been asking him how can I get there so it shouldn't be a surprise when I come asking for it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You have to have the self-assurance. So once you have all your facts, you know, like we're saying, then you also just need to be self-assured to be like, yes, I deserve this, which kind of brings this whole Mm -hmm. conversation full circle. But also you have to actually ask for it because I've seen in a lot of situations where if a company can get away with not giving you a promotion and you work at the next level and don't ask, you know, to be recognized for that extra work you're doing, of course, they're not going to pay you more if you're going to do the job anyway. And like, of course, they're not going to change your title if they can get away with you just being an assistant editor, but doing the work of an Mm -hmm. actual editor, like they don't care, you know, they prefer it that way. So you really need to advocate for yourself. And once you do have a like solid case and you've done your research, you just need to be very confident in putting that in front of Um, your boss or those key decision makers and Mm -hmm. really owning it, you know, believe in yourself and ask for what you want. Yeah, And it's the same 
as like bringing forward your accomplishments, bringing those forwards as facts, especially like if you work in something like digital marketing and you can show like I've grown this page from this many likes to this many likes, like bringing in those concrete facts. Those are like things they cannot dispute. And it's the same, like, this is the average amount of money people in this position get paid. This is the amount of growth I've done for this, 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 and this, because that is something that they can't argue with. And I do want to add that I feel like a lot of these techniques also work with negotiating, like during job interviews Mm -hmm. and like when you're getting contracts and stuff like that. It's the same kind of principles of doing the research and knowing what you're worth and then not settling for less because there are places out there that will pay accordingly. Yeah. And I think that's the scary part, especially like if I think about it for myself is I do not like to put myself in positions where I'm not in control and I'm vulnerable Mm -hmm. and asking for a promotion are both of those things where you can ask, but there's a chance they might say no. And then what, you know, then you're right. stuck at a company where you obviously have different views on your role in the company and that's not a settling feeling, you know, but mm. I think it goes back to just, you have to be willing to look at it like a job interview and be like, look, like, this is what I deserve. I really, yeah. you know, own it. And make them believe it too, because you're so self-assured. And then Mm -hmm. chances are you're both on the same page, especially when you're bringing those numbers forward as black and white facts, like you said. (laughs) And like, wouldn't you rather have it out in the open and know if they're like, sorry, we are not going to give you a promotion. That's kind of fast tracking you to being like, okay, this is where I stand in this company. And this is where I need to evaluate whether I see myself here long term. If so, how long term, you know, rather than being kind of too shy or scared to ask about it and then just dragging it out until you discover it inevitably, because you're going to find out eventually whether you ask or not. So that's so true. And honestly, Tech, I definitely needed to hear that (laughs) because I think (laughs) like, 90% of my stress about work lives in my head. And that's not fair for anybody. You know, that's not fair for my boss or my coworkers that are like, wow, Mm -hmm. Sadie's really moody today. But I'm like, it's because you guys have done all these things to piss me off. You know, like they're not aware of it yet. They're paying the consequences of of me just being in a bad mood or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. And it's same for, yeah, promotions and whatever is at least you put it out there. So it's not lingering in your head as a, well, what if, or, you know, you're just like you said, fast tracking. If you maybe want to look for another job or how long-term you'll be at your current job, like, yeah, there's no downside of putting it out there. Yeah. If you say they don't give you the promotion, now you know the number of what you would need at a job somewhere else also. So you're like, my job will not pay me this or will not give me this title. I know that if another place offered me that, that is something that I should take into consideration, you know. For sure. And two, um, maybe they are not giving you that job title or promotion because maybe you're actually not ready for it, but you're just Mm -hmm. so in your head thinking you are. So maybe there is something positive that would come out of it from, like I'm saying, your boss or manager being like, this is 
why we're not ready to give you the promotion right now, but these are all the things you can do to get promoted, you know, by mid-year or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, and then that's just more growth for you and whatnot. Yeah. And it's keeping it on their radar too, and letting them know that you're serious about staying there and having a career there and improving yourself and the company. It's just like letting them in into what you're thinking. And then, you know, we don't know what's going on at the company. Maybe they literally can't afford to give you a raise, but -hmm. they can say like, we see that you're trying, we want you to improve and we want you to succeed And here are the things you can do and we can work together on getting you there, you know? Yeah, for sure. And something else I wanted to mention um, is the value of having a good leader where you can have those conversations with them. And something I've learned is that leadership is like people, managers with really strong leadership skills are very hard to find. And again, I've only really had three full-time jobs, but I've seen all the managers at all of those jobs. And my manager at my last job was such a great mentor to me. And the other managers there, I didn't feel were as good of a mentor as she was. And then once I left that company at my current job, I'm like, wow, nobody can measure up to my last boss. And I didn't realize how rare she was at the time. But I think part of it is, of course, advocating for yourself, like we said, but it is also making sure you're holding your leader or manager or boss, whoever you call them, holding them accountable to your success as well. Because you can't, especially in large corporate companies, you can't advance or get promoted without their support. They need to be the ones arranging that with HR and vouching for you on your behalf to upper management who makes all those key decisions. So it is important to have these open conversations with them and say, Hey, you know, not necessarily like I need your support, but it's like, I've said this a million times, but asking them, you know, what can I do and making it very clear to them that you are wanting to grow so that they have it on their radar and then they can do their part to make that come to life. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to add that I, my favorite show in the whole wide world is Mad Men. And -hmm. I feel like Mad Men does such a good job. I don't think I've even talked about it yet, but for our dear listeners, I'm obsessed with Mad Men. (laughs) I've watched it like three times and I like, I watch Mad Men, like people watch The Office and Friends. (laughs) That's awesome. And yeah, I love it. And I feel like it does such a good job of kind of showing like a mentor relationship, showing when to ask for raises and promotions, um, how to do it, and when to like kind of walk away. Like uh, one of the characters in it, Peggy, it starts with her as a secretary going all the way up to her being like head copywriter at an agency. But she asks for a raise, I think, twice. And once she gets it and they're like, yeah, good job. Here you go. Here's your raise. Uh, the other time they say no and she it, like wakes her up and she's like, my future currently is not at this company. And she goes and gets a better offer. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 wait, we'll give you the raise, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, it's too late because you've revealed, you know, where I stand yeah. and what my future is like here. I want you to know that the day you saw something in me, my whole life changed. And since then, it's been my privilege to not only be at your side, but to be treated like a protege. 
and for you to be my mentor and my champion. But? But I think I've reached a point where it's time for me to have a new experience. Really? I'm giving my notice. I've accepted another offer. Are you done? I'm giving the customary two weeks. My last day will be the third. And don't Hold think. <clears throat> it's been crazy around here. And I know I've been taking you for granted. And frankly, I'm impressed. You finally picked the right moment to ask for a raise. It's time for me to move on. Come on. I'm serious. And so, basically, you should watch Mad Men, because that'll get yeah. you hyped on, like, living your best career life. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually need that right now. It's on Prime yeah. video? Yeah, they just okay. got added to Prime. It's okay. so good. I love it. Yeah. But it's so... Um, I find it very motivational, but only work wise yeah because hey, that's like okay. every other element of their lives is like falling apart but right as far as like seeing a character um like vouch for herself I think it's a good example of that yeah and it's about mm. basically like a aspiring very successful woman in a time that is very sexist and very white mm -hmm. male oriented right so yeah well there's a lot of different things um like how you were talking about saying the right thing to the right person she kind of learns that in an episode where all the guys are hanging out because it's like dudes so they go to the bar and blah 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 and she's kind of excluded from these conversations where she feels like she could be growing more in the company and so she goes uh she meets up with them after work because she hears them talking about like we're meeting at this place blah 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 and she shows up and it's a strip club because it's the 60s but then she's like, no, you know what? I'm going in there. And she goes in there and then they all just love her because they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you came to this strip club. But then it's like her putting herself in a situation where she's like outside of her comfort zone, but knowing that it's for the betterment of her career, career. and knowing that it's getting her closer to her coworkers and helping them understand her and helping her understand them. Mm -hmm. And so like by putting herself it's a weird situation like I I'm not saying yeah. you should go to the strip club with your coworkers, but <laughs> I'm saying that by like you by relating to them more they stop thinking of you as like the new girl or you know the one girl for her instance and start thinking of you as more like a collaborator on the team yeah okay I definitely need to watch that because I yeah, think I love it. I could yeah gain some perspective from it for sure and I feel like she, this is just going to be me talking about Mad Men now, <laughs> That's okay. but I, f I feel like she goes through a lot of common problems in work. Like she says the wrong thing and then you kind of learn how to get past it and how to apologize for it. But mm -hmm. Yeah. That's my talk about Mad Men. Um, yeah, I'm definitely into it and I might actually watch an episode as soon as we're done recording because I feel like that is exactly <laughs> what I need to watch like at this exact time in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's amazing. It's, yeah. It's the perfect, like young professional show, I think. Yeah. Amazing. I'm waiting until I'm older to get more hyped about 30 rock. I do love 30 <laughs> rock, but I feel like their problems are not relatable to me right now. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. 
Awesome. Well, um, should we maybe end it there then, Tag? I think we all now have extreme we all are just like okay let's end this podcast so we can all go watch mad men (laughs) at least that's me right now (laughs) that's my goal this i'm have to reveal it now all i wanted was to get more people to watch mad men yeah and actually i think the one thing i wanted to make sure i said in this episode at some point is some people might need to hear this i'm one of those people is that as much as we are striving for the next promotion and, you know, working towards something, it's also so important to take time to acknowledge how amazing you are and how capable you are and how great you're doing at this, like, particular moment in time, not just always thinking about your next promotion and, like I said, your next step. I think it's so important just to take those moments, especially to avoid burnout. You know, if you're constantly working for the next promotion and then you get it, we don't really often celebrate that. We're just more so thinking, okay, great. I got promoted, but now I'm, you know, performing at the next step because I want to get another promotion in another year or whatever it is. So I just wanted to also throw that out there. There's a siren going by. I'm sorry, (laughs) but, um, just, Something else to be conscious of is, yes, you definitely want to be, you know, making sure you're on the right track and you want to make sure you're working hard and moving forward. But at the same time, don't kill yourself over it and celebrate the wins as they come. Um, Mm -hmm. Like we said, be a good teammate for the rest of your coworkers and colleagues. And um, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there in case it resonated with anybody. Yeah. If you're not say you know that you're not ready for a promotion right now also, I think it's good to set kind of like internalized goals within the role that you have. So knowing like, okay, I can't do the job above me because that's way out of my realm. So what are baby steps of things that I could be improving this year that could eventually lead me down the road to that? Like if you're, you know, the only person above you is the creative director and you're like, I am not ready to be a creative director right now. Set kind of like internalized goals of like, I want to work and improving this, this and this and work with the understanding that maybe one day it'll lead to you getting that promotion, but it'll just be towards you becoming better at your job. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Awesome advice to leave the listeners with and me. Yeah. I'm like, Tig, why haven't we talked more about this? Just the two of us, because I'm feeling so inspired. And the thing too, is I feel you're very like mature at work and not saying I'm not, but I'm very impulsive and mm-hmm. very like, I just me in general, I get very stuck in my ways. So sometimes it's hard for me to have that perspective. And that's why I'm saying, I think it'd be so great for me to watch Mad Men just from the few examples Mm. you've given is just, that's sometimes all you need is somebody to be like, girl, like calm down and let's just talk this through, you know, like stop getting so worked up about things and just, Mm. you know, chill. (laughs) See, I think my problem is that I overthink everything. So by the time it comes to being like asking for a promotion, I've thought about every single answer they could possibly give and have like my rebuttal. So I need to work. I'll just tell you what I need to work on. I need to work on celebrating my wins. I'm not very good at that. I had this realization 
we launched the podcast. I was doing all this crazy stuff and I was just like not even genuinely excited about it because I was so busy and just like looking for the next thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I need to do. Good. Well, I hope, I hope you do celebrate your wins because girl, you're killing it up there. And you're also inspiring all of our lives as listeners. Yeah. So you are just a boss ass bitch killing it. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. I, there's literally a Mad Men episode that's about like, stop asking for things. That's what I need to do. I need need to watch Mad Men again. Yeah. Okay. So let's all go watch Mad Men and let's also Mm -hmm. go stand in front of our mirror, look at ourselves and be like, girl, you're a boss ass bitch. And then just spend like five seconds celebrating your wins. (laughs) That's our homework. (laughs) Okay, great. Great. Amazing. See you next week. We'll reflect (laughs) on if we did that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So on that note, This is where we're going to leave it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.